Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 443 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. We have a house rules episode today. Woohoo! Yes, we know that you all love these and we love them too. You're also smart. You are. Yes, house rules, if you're new around here, are where we gather great tips for a particular motherhood challenge uh, from our community. And then we just present them to you all with commentary and maybe some of our own um, recollections of different challenges. Today, we're talking about bedtime and making bedtime easier. And Megan, I can't actually believe that we haven't done a house rules for bedtimes yet. Honestly, when I saw you put this in the Facebook group to, you know, solicit some responses and house rules, I thought, no, that's not possible. Yeah, We've definitely covered this because this is a perennial mom pain point, right? It is. It is. And there's no like there's no time like bedtime to institute a few house rules that just remove the negotiation that just keep things kind of the same every night because we know the children will look for new ways to stall and delay. And as with many challenges, you're going to have to revise your own house rules about 4 million times as your kids grow up. This is not a set it and forget it bedtime routine. It's not. And if there's anybody who's new and hasn't listened to one of our house rules episodes before, I think it's also a good time to mention that like we are in no way suggesting you adopt all of these house rules because that would actually be ridiculous and probably impossible because they probably conflict with each other. They're totally they're so personal, which makes what I think makes um, house rules so cool is that it's so individual to your particular house, your kids, your family style, all of that. So these are just suggestions. Um, very smart suggestions. Take them and do with them what you will. Yeah. And often we don't know that we need a house rule until something has gotten a little tricky or sticky or out of control. And that's when we can lean on um, the wisdom of other moms to help us through. So I loved these suggestions. They exist in a thread in our Facebook group, which we will link up how to join that group in the show notes and you can peruse the entire list. But we picked some today that we're going to shout out as we move through. And Megan, I organized this kind of Loosely chronologically through the typical bedtime malarkey, shall we say, beginning with <laughs> when you start to introduce the concept of bedtime to your children, which comes as a, as a surprise, like every night that's time to wind down and ending with when they are actually asleep. So in my house, yeah. when my kids were little, this whole thing would have taken place between like 630 and... 8 p.m., maybe even earlier than that when they were really, really little. 
Um, because if you think about it, bedtime is not just like, okay, read you a book, kiss you on the forehead, close the door. Good night. It's like a, it's an hours long affair in a lot of households. It's basically your whole, e- your whole evening. <laughs> it it's a third of your life. It's like putting your kids down. Right. Yeah. And if you, um, are having power struggles at bedtime, I know I went through phases where I was anticipating that starting like as early as four in the afternoon, I'm thinking, okay, this is coming. How are we going to handle it tonight? So we're going to kind of loosely move chronologically uh, with this episode, starting with the process of winding down. And, and that includes things like when are we shutting down the screens and when are we moving upstairs? So what do we have from our listeners? Well, we'll start with this one from Samantha. She says, my toddler and preschooler both know that eight is late. If we have a late dinner or get distracted, it gets us moving faster through our routine. Great for babysitters or redirecting kids coming out of their rooms as well. I love that. I love it too, because anytime you can have like a rhyme or um, mm-hmm. like a cute name for something, it just, it shortens that house rule from many words to few rules. Like, oh, eight is late. We don't want to get to eight o'clock. And I love that she said that it's great to, uh, when you're transferring care to a babysitter as well, <laughs> like the kids know yeah. eight is late. Well, this one comes from Katie Goldner on our team. We have two Katies on our team. This is from Katie G. And she says, we all go, quote, up to bed to mom and dad's room to watch two Bluey episodes before bedtime. This way, there's no getting back out of bed for the kids to lay with mom and dad or need to snuggle more because they already did it before getting tucked in. So, Megan, this is so genius. Instead of like tucking the kids in their own beds and then having them creep out to want a little more snuggle with mom and dad. They just flip it all around. Everyone lays and snuggles and watches a show together. And then there's no excuses. I love that. There's a proactive snuggle, which I love. Yes. And I also love that it gets to happen in mom and dad's bed, which is so much more comfortable yes. than like trying to go in and give your kids the oops. We realize we need more cuddles right. like after they're already in their beds. That is not fun. Love it. Okay. Savannah says we have a 12 year old and a four year old. And our house rule is that no kids are out of their room after 830. So she says, my four-year-old is sleeping by 8.30, but my 12-year-old doesn't have to go to bed until later. After 8.30, is time for us parents to do what we need or want to do. I like that that's flexible. So like the 12-year-old can, you know, set their bedtime a little more appropriate for their age, but that doesn't mean they're wandering around yes. the house, going in the kitchen, opening the fridge and all of that stuff. I will say this is kind of where we've tried to land with our kids in the last few years, having you know, now two teenagers and a tween, but my youngest really still does need to go to sleep earlier than the others. And Brian and I like our time to ourselves. So having a time when kind of everyone is in their rooms does allow for that age appropriate flexibility without giving up your evenings as grown up. So I'm, yeah. I'm right there with Savannah. Okay. Neha says we have a hard stop lights out time and we go upstairs 30 minutes before that. We will read books, snuggle, talk, et cetera, up until lights out time, but then we will leave at that time. So this means the faster kids accomplish the other steps of the routine, the more time for books and snuggles we have. Okay. I will say that I have tried to have this approach with my kids. It seems so logical. Like, all right, everyone, we're not hanging out with you after say 8.30 PM. So let's start earlier. And then we've got time for books or snuggles or chatting. And then like, we just cut it off at that time. I don't think it's worked as well in my house. So Neha, I'm just impressed with you. It does make a lot of logical sense. The the logical and natural consequence of kids dilly dallying around is they don't get maybe the books or the lying together. But I, I don't know why I haven't been able to enforce this as well. 
You know where I think this would work really well is in a family with lots of kids, or let's just say more, more, more than one, but definitely more than two is having like individual goals to set with that. Because I could see where one of my kids would have been like ready and done and laying in the bed, eagerly waiting, awaiting their cuddle time. Uh And the other ones are dragging their feet and like kind of slowing it down for everybody else. And then there's like chaos at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Like yeah. when the toddler finally slides into bed with like one minute to go in now, they still want to hear the end of the book or whatever. I could see that it could be it's like it really depends on your kids' personalities, I think. It does. And you also like so many things, you as the parent have to be willing to repeatedly stick to that yeah. boundary, which is like, I'm out of here at 830, regardless of how much special time we've had together. And um that's hard. Not impossible. You guys can all hard. work it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, a big part of the wind down and the lead up is baths and showers. So not surprisingly, we got several house rules that have to do with the nightly bath or shower routine. Yeah. So Laura says kids typically alternate nights for baths and showers. Mom can declare and everyone needs a shower night in cases of things like painting or mud pie making and dictate which kid goes first. Mom may also declare a no shower night if we have evening plans. So it sounds like the rule usually is every other night, you know, the kids bathe or shower, but then mom has sort of like either veto power or it's opposite. Right. Yes. Everyone or no one. Um, There's so many of these house rules now that we've done a lot of these episodes that I realize work really well if you have an even number of kids or two, two kids, because it's just every other. And then there are those of us with three, four or five. And it's like, oh, then then the schedule gets complicated or not enough showers are being taken. But yeah, Laura wasn't the only one who said her kids um, take turns so they don't both shower every night unless she says. Uh, Chantel says my son is seven and we recently stumbled into doing story time while he's in the tub. He doesn't have a bath every night, but he can get frustratingly squirmy during reading time. This lets him move around without annoying me as much, which let's be honest, Chantel, house rules really serve to provide less annoyance for mom if possible. That is basically their number one goal, I think. And I did something very similar with my kids when, gosh, I want to say it was like in the square. I feel like I still had three little boys in the bath. It was like at that period of time. So long, long time ago. It was such a nightmare trying to read them all a story and keep them all in one place. I mean, it just got ridiculous. And one child who will remain nameless would be like jumping and doing, you know, karate kicks and stuff like that. So the tub was perfect. They would, it's like just the water there would just kind of let them gently move, you know, but it just wasn't as out of control. I love that. Well, Tracy says our older boys who are 10 and eight years old were getting so rowdy at shower time because they both go up to get their showers at the same time. And then they just feed off of each other's craziness. I think we understand what that's like. So we made the house rule that only one kid goes up to get a shower at a time and the other one practices piano while he waits his turn. And since they get showers every night, we made the rule that they alternate who goes first and they are in charge of keeping it straight. I love that they are in charge of part because anything that you have to do a lot of like policing or managing or like project managing of can sometimes just be more punishment for you than it's worth. So that is very smart. Very smart. Yeah. You don't want to have a house rule that adds more work to your plate. The idea is that it adds less. Yeah. Well, Gina's house rule is just after uh, baths and showers and her house rule is that pajamas are optional. She says, I have one kid that typically sleeps in his clothes 
And even better is when I can talk them into changing into tomorrow's school outfit the night before. Making a page out of my book, Gina. Um, I, I would say I have a loose house rule that kids must change their clothes once every 24 hours. And a lot of that means that in the summer, especially vacations and depending on which kid and what kind of clothes they're into wearing, that does mean that they sleep in their clothes. It, it all it all depends on yeah. like when did they shower and things like that. But I really don't get on my kids unless they haven't changed their clothes in more than 24 hours. And then I will say something, but I don't care if a kid sleeps in their clothes. And e- like she said, even better if they sleep in tomorrow's clean outfit. Yeah, this is so funny because it's one of those things that I am not germaphobic like at all, but there is something about going to bed in dirty clothes that have been like out in the world that I yeah. will say I would prefer did not happen. However, I'm also not policing it super closely. Yeah. So I would definitely have encouraged when they were younger to change into tomorrow's clean clothes. It just changed. It just saves everybody time. Yeah. And most of my kids are evening showers too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Megan, this next set of house rules has to do with <laughs> bedtime stories, which would before you have kids sounds so cozy and lovely and yeah. bonding. And then <laughs> when you get into it, it can. I've been through seasons of parenting where it is the least connected, I feel, to my kid all day and causes the most power struggles. And you're like, I'm trying to do something good for us all. So um, our listeners have some house rules around reading stories and books before bed. So Libby says three picture books every night. Kids get to choose unless the first two are long. Then mom gets to choose the third, which usually has about one word on each page. I love that so much. I also remember when my kids were really little, like kind of lying about what was on the page. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's picture books with like interesting pictures, but like way too many words for what's happening on the page and little kids can get restless. And so I was never above a little, a little editing, a little lie, a little editing. Yes. A little editing in the moment some performative, um, interpretive reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. And in Kara's family, their house rule is only one book at bedtime. We will read as many books as you want throughout the day, but bedtime is one and done. I really appreciate this, Kara, because I was home with my kids um, a lot, especially in the afternoon. And I love reading aloud and I love picture books. And I agree that while bedtime reading seems like something everybody is doing, if you are reading aloud to your kids at other times during the day, There is no reason you need to do more than one at bedtime at all, or even any for that matter. Yeah, I think we have this weird like fixation with reading having to happen at bedtime. And a lot of times for me, that was um, there was a long season of my life where it was me laying in the dark telling stories that were very dumb, by the way, (laughs) and pointless. But it was so much like for where I was at that time, that was so much more manageable than trying to like hold a book and keep everyone like get everyone where they needed to be going with the lights on. It was just a lot. So yeah, I fully agree. Okay. Lauren says kids who cooperate at bedtime get stories. If you goof around or resist putting on your pajamas, we won't have time for bedtime stories. Always love a rule when it's not like, like a punishment. It's just like, sorry, we ran out of time. Yeah. I love that one too. Well, Riley wrote in and she mentioned she has six kids. Look at the ages, Megan. Seven, six, five, three, three, and one. You had me at three, three, and one, honestly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So she said this rule does not apply to the one-year-old, but it applies to everyone else during stories all times of day, not just at bedtime. She says, if I catch you picking your nose while I'm reading to you, (laughs) You have to go wash your hands right away. And I do not pause the book. (laughs) I love it. Also, if you don't pick a book when I tell you to, because you're playing, you lose your opportunity to pick. So um, some wonderful natural consequences built into that one. All around picking. Yes. Yes. Picking your nose. (laughs) picking a story. Um, oh my gosh. She, she also did mention that she's not a monster. If someone legitimately has to use the restroom, has to go potty during a story, she will pause her reading. But the nose picking hand washing, you do not, we don't wait for you to wash your hands there. You just will miss, you'll miss a few pages. Oh my gosh. It also sounds Amazing. like her kids really want to listen to the story. But I mean, that's what I'm, that's what's implied there because they right. don't want to miss a thing, it's which is a, very it's an sweet. incentive. Yes. So I don't know how you're doing that with seven, six, five, three, three, and one Riley, but it's amazing. I feel like if you have kids that close together, you have to have standards around things like nose picking. It could just become out of control. Yeah. I actually think the best house <laughs> rules are from people who have 
a very large amount of closely spaced kids. I mean, that's just my anecdotal observation. The moms who are really dialed in are the ones who have to be because they're just right. they're so outnumbered. So anyway, okay. So moving along in our bedtime routine, these next house rules loosely have to do with like the tucking in the, the moment where a lot of parents are starting to separate from their kids, which can cause, you know, lots of different feelings about it. Um, and, and we have several that are about the preferred parent, like who gets to tuck in mom or dad. So let's, let's kick off with Brady. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so Brady implemented a bedtime schedule to deal with the preferred parent du jour battle. She quotes, no, I want mommy to put us to bed. No, wait, daddy. No, just kidding. Actually, mommy. I think we know this one, right? So this is genius. Okay, Monday is mom day. Tuesday is dude's day. Wednesday, him's day. Thursday, hers day. Friday, guy day. Saturday, dadder day. Kind of sounds like dad gets more nights than mom, too, which I really love. I really approve of that. Also, (laughs) is there no Sunday? So maybe Maybe Sunday is like like a, um, you know. Do it yourself. Kids choice. Yes, do it (laughs) yourself. We're off the clock. I love it so much. I mean, you know, I'm I'm always a fan of giving something a cute name. I think it helps. Helps everybody remember. So I love that. Um, Well, similarly, Cecilia says that their main rule since her daughter was born was that mom and dad take turns one night each, no matter how much the kid asks for the other. And their explanation is we are a team and we take turns, period. I remember when my sister and brother-in-law like told Brian and I that this is how they do bedtime with their two little kids. They both work full time outside the home. And I was like, dude, why did we not do that from the very beginning? We really like missed the boat on that one. And And my sister-in-law said like, no, they don't like it. They, it's not that they don't have a preferred parent. It's just, we take turns period. Just like Cecilia said, it's just not up for negotiation. Yeah. Sometimes it like you can have your clever way of doing it, or you can just have a very straightforward way of doing it. And I think one way or the other, the kids will figure it out. Yep. Right. Okay. Christina says my husband is in charge of all the time responsibilities for our six-year-old son. And I am of our two-year-old daughter. There's times when one is harder than the other, but then they switch. So the amount of time and energy it takes evens out between the two of us. The kids have the right to ask for a switch of parents, but we have to approve. Yeah, I thought this one was really interesting because it does allow for each parent to kind of develop their own routine and skills with with each of those kids. Again, it works really well in a two parent, two kid household, which not everybody is. Um, but I do like that it does create consistency, especially for that two-year-old who just might be in a phase where she does want mom every night. And so they've figured out a way to still share responsibilities, but instead of doing the every other alternating, like a lot of families are doing, they're just picking their kid and sticking with it for a period of time. And yeah, I like that. Well, Jennifer started a whole sub thread in our Facebook thread about kids who declare themselves hungry after being tucked into bed. And in her house, Jennifer says they can eat a banana in bed and nothing else. If they are actually hungry, they will eat the banana. And no, I am not preparing you a charcuterie board to eat at (laughs) 9 50 PM. So that was so funny. I think there were like 10 or 12 comments just in response to this. And what I loved is that so many people have similar rules, including me. Mine has always been a banana or carrot, baby carrots or banana. 
Those are also great because they don't really um, make a huge mess. Right. I'm not going to make a kid brush their teeth again after a banana or baby carrots. I mean, they'll they'll brush their teeth in the morning. So it's really pretty minimally disruptive. And it will absolutely call a kid's bluff on whether hunger is a true presenting issue. <laughs> like maybe they didn't finish their dinner or they're in a growth spurt. Or if they're not that hungry, they'll pass. So I have found yep. it's really, really effective. And I loved the different... Um, food choices that different listeners mentioned. So some, a lot of people had bananas. Um, somebody had hard boiled eggs. Uh, several people had pouches like an applesauce pouch of the flavor of mom's choosing. So you're not waddling out after me into the kitchen to choose your pouch. I'm going to bring you a pouch of my choosing. Um, somebody said that they found their kid with a bag of baby carrots still in bed with them the next morning and that they really had like eaten them. Um, and then somebody said dry Cheerios. Like it's gotta be kind of boring, like kind of boring food for this rule to work. I think my favorite was hard boiled eggs because there's no kid in this world (laughs) who is going to eat a hard boiled egg unless they're hungry. You know, it's like, that's, I mean, hard boiled eggs, I love them, but they're hard to take down if you're not pretty hungry. So yeah, I love it. And if you are truly hungry, it's a great like lean protein before bed. So you can feel good about giving that to your kid. It's, it is ultimately like a bluff collar, but in a way that um, is, I don't know, I feel like is compassionate. So a truly hungry kid is not going to go to bed hungry. Um, so that was a great one. Jennifer and I, I loved how many people chimed in with their, uh, I don't know what we call those snacks, but they're like the the world's least interesting bedtime yeah. snack. <laughs> yes. Last chance. Yes. Last, last call. Last yeah. call for food. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. 
And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Bionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, moving along, we are now at the point where lights are being turned out. Kids are supposed to be falling asleep. This is when stuff gets real. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to fall apart, this is when it all falls apart, right? And we as parents are tired by this point because we've yes. we've just spent 30 minutes of a we podcast episode talking about everything that happens before this and now there's more malarkey. So, kick us off with uh this one came from Katie Parrish from our team. Yes. I love this one. Katie says, your door can stay open as you fall asleep, but when mom and dad go to bed, we will close it because Uncle Marty is a firefighter and he said that's safest. She says, I love getting to pass the blame. I love any time a parent can blame a rule on something else, Yep, anything else, like the clock, Yep, the book, the doctor, Uncle Marty. Uncle Marty. Thank you, Uncle Marty. So I didn't know that about fire safety, but that uh, one of my kids always sleeps with their bedroom door closed and prefers it that way. And then I have a couple other kids who this is what we've fallen into, too, is they might want to fall asleep with it open. But then Brian kind of goes around and does like the final shutdown and closes them all. So I when I read this, I was like, oh, I guess we're doing it Uncle Marty's way in my house. I didn't even know that. All right. Sam says, my five-year-old gets to set a timer after we do our bedtime routine. He then gets to play or read in bed for the length of time of that timer, usually five or 10 minutes. He can't get out of bed and no big light. So I think she means like the overhead light. He uses a lamp near his bed. This makes bedtime easier because he knows he doesn't have to go to bed right away. And I love this. That sounds like a really good, like, I think happy medium for a five-year-old. Like you're not saying like, all right, lights out goodbye. Like if they almost feel like they're getting away with something, getting to stay in bed and read or look at books or whatever. And dimming the lights like is a really good way to slowly kind of, you know, trigger all the things in your body to start shutting down. So you don't have the overhead light. Now you just have the little light. Right. And so all those things are great. Uh, This one's from Casey. We tell our four-year-old that she doesn't have to go to sleep, but she does have to stay in her bed. She's allowed books in bed and has a nightlight. And similarly, Christy says, we have bedroom time, not bedtime. That means kids can stay up and quietly play or read with a book light. She says, I figure you can't force a child to sleep, but you can enforce you need to be in your room now with the door closed. Love that. And I just love that that kind of, um, it's still setting a a limit or like a expectation on, on the parent's side, but also allowing for kids to have a little autonomy, which I think, especially at that age, four, five, six, really starts to mean a lot. Yeah, I have. I did not have to deal with this until my third kid who takes a really, really long time to fall asleep. And it's been a learning curve for me. Um, I realized that we have to start if I'm going to allow her that autonomy. And I do like that idea. But then we have to start earlier because and I'm sure there are listeners who are hearing this and be like, my kid would be up until one in the morning if I did if if I allowed them that ability to read books by a soft light or play quietly. It's just, I think it's so dependent on the kid. Um, so I'm just, I'm just saying that in case there are other people out there whose kids maybe would struggle with that amount of 
freedom and who really need, I don't know what the next need is, but like for Violet, we really have to set the stage for actual sleep and we have to start it earlier so she can have all that, you know, write in my journal, listen to an audio book. Right, all it, the things she needs to do yes, to yes. wind down. And yes. my other kids just would have fallen asleep. They just would have gotten bored enough with right. that kind of autonomy and falling asleep. And she doesn't. So we have to start at 730 and she's almost 11. She's not going to, she's not going to sleep at 730, but it takes her like two hours. Hmm. Okay. This comes from Callie. And again, it's about dimming the lights, which I think is such a great cue. She says, my kids are two and three and a half. Once their lights are out for the night and they're asleep, we only use our lamps and not the big lights in the rest of the house, especially just outside their room. That way, if any littles wander out of bed, the house still has a nighttime feel. That's so, so smart. And I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, I did not do that when my kids were little, but it makes so much sense. I have to give a plug right now for the hatch clock because um, I did not, they didn't have this, didn't exist when my kids were really little, but I, so it's one of those sunrise alarms that like wakes up, like it wakes you up slowly in the morning, but you can do it in reverse and dim the lights. Oh, that's great. And I have mine, it, it cues me, like it knows when I want to start cueing myself to like get sleepy. And I swear to you, after I sit next to this thing and it like dims my lights, it's just, I just turn everything else off. I have a lamp across the room, but then that becomes my bedside light Mm -hmm. and I can feel myself getting sleepy. It's really weird, but I do think there's something about like the light is so dim by the time it's down to its lowest setting, I could barely read by it. Yeah. And if I were a kid, I feel like I would just say, okay, it's enough already time for sleep. Yeah. That's the hatch. And I, I have the restore that's for adults, but I think they have a kid version too. I feel like that would be really good for Violet. I'm like maybe going to get off this recording and, um, and get that for her because I do think she just really needs like circadian help with that wind down. And sometimes the things we introduce to try to make the evening more peaceful like an audiobook, it, it's like it works for a while and then it just becomes another thing to delay sleep. So I'm going to think about that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, we just have a couple of more that didn't fit so neatly into my chronological bedtime structure here. And Megan, I'll have you read Grace's, but I, I wanted to shout her out again because she has four kids from eight down to 17 months. So like I was saying earlier, I think sometimes the most genius house rules come from Mom's juggling a lot of kids, a lot of different ages. Yeah. So Grace says kids may brush their own teeth in the morning, but an adult has to brush them at night. I love that. It's like they're getting at least one good brushing and they're also learning to take some responsibility. So they're getting both. Um, She says you don't have to go to sleep, but you do have to go to bed and you may not keep others from sleeping. She's got three kids sharing a room. I have been there and I know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that could be a challenge. And then everyone goes potty twice at the start of bedtime and just before lights out. And I know, and no, I don't care that you don't think you have to go. I like that too. I I'm really impressed with three kids sharing a room and yep. yeah, that they don't these sound very well earned. Like yeah, these are, yep. these come from experience. Yes. Totally. Um, and then I loved this from Aaron who has a toddler in a crib. She says, if you throw your things, we will not return them. And that brought me right back to a certain powers child throwing their lovey out of the crib. And like we become, we're like, they train us so well, right? You throw yeah. your pacifier, we'll pick it up. So we just react like, here we go. Yep. Yes. So yeah. if you throw your things, they are gone until, they stay thrown. until morning. <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
Well, uh, like we said, everyone, there's more house rules uh, for easier bedtimes in the Facebook group in uh, the thread that started this great conversation. So we will link up in the show notes how to join that group. Come on over and add your own or peruse the wise words from our listener community. Um, Megan, I also want to tell everyone that we have a bonus episode coming up this Friday. It's actually a replay from a few holiday seasons ago, one of my favorites. Um, it's kind of about resisting the pressure to be a perfect holiday mom. Um, so look for that dropping into your feed on Friday. I'm going to guess that even if you heard it the first time, uh, it's maybe worth a re-listen. So. And I don't remember recording it, so I bet nobody remembers hearing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, everybody. And then we'll be back with you with an all new episode next Tuesday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you liked today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.